The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. We are in the third week of a sermon series called Soul Talk, and every sermon series provides um, a, a different focus that I am very challenged by. And I think every time I get up to preach, I think this is probably the hardest sermon I've ever preached in my life. And and the reason for that is that as we open the Word of God and we let it speak to us, I think it does profoundly challenge us. And um, and this especially, right, there I go again, right, this especially, um, because we're talking about what it means to enter the deep conversation of God. And, and so what that's looked like preparing for preaching is that, you know, it's one thing to, to write a good speech or write a good paper um, to take what I'm offered in the Bible and then work it out into something that is true. And then it's another thing to wait with God and say, God, what do you want to say to the church? And since the, the whole sermon's about that, it has been... Uh, I think very trying, like realizing how bad I am at listening, um, especially because what I've been coming to realize more and more is what I'm made for and what you're made for isn't just to hear true things, but to communicate with, with God himself. Um, and so I pray as we, we get into this that that the desires of your heart that you've felt for so long and didn't know if they were true or not, that you were meant to be heard, you're also meant to speak, that that is true. So, um, so if you have Bibles, uh, hold on to them. Um, it's important that you learn how to flip through this book. I also, this is the first Sunday I'm going to have the, the verses up on the screen uh, to be helpful. But also, I encourage you guys, if you're not familiar with the Bible, this is where we sit um, this is what we go into, and the reason for that is there's going to be days that, that you don't have a lot of light or knowledge or understanding yourself, and this is still true, this is still a, a light to your path, right, even when you don't know what you're doing. And so, if you don't know how to flip through this, I encourage you to hold your Bible and keep flipping, even if you have the verses up there. You on the same page with me? I haven't told you the page yet, so how could you be on the same page with me? Um, the bad joke. Okay. <laughs> An author by the name of Larry Crabb, he said this, People across the world remain alone, personally unknown, personally unobserved, and personally untouched. We rarely speak words that connect who we are beneath our pretense, posturing, and political correctness to another living soul. We rarely hear words that draw our soul into the soul of another human being and together into God. We rarely hear words that draw our soul into the soul of another human being and together into God. You were created to be a part of a conversation that happened before the world began. Two weeks ago, we we had a sermon called God Speaks, and in that... um, we looked into what was happening before time began. 
Before anything was created, God existed, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in perfect relationship together. In conversation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We don't know a lot of what was happening, but we know that they were having a blast. They were having a good time. And they didn't create because they needed to, because God needed to. They created because it was an expression of their beautiful creativity. God was having a good time in conversation. And then in that conversation, God spoke. And the world was. Light. Darkness. Animals. And then God said, let us create people in our image, in our likeness. And and they were special. He created them to not just exist as His Word, but to be filled with His Word and then respond to Him. So it's this unique relationship then that God has with with men and women is that they weren't just created, but they were created to speak and respond to Him in relationship. And so so, uh, we were meant to hear from God and then speak back to Him. The first thing we hear Adam say is a song, right? So creativity, song, this is what we were meant to do in our relationship with God. Um, Instead of listening to God hearing from him and speaking to him, we decided just to listen to ourselves. We decided not to listen to him, but listen to ourselves, and with that, the world went silent. Instead of hearing from God, we heard nothing. That was the fall. And so we have, literally, the Old Testament is God speaks into that, but we don't know how to hear. We don't know how to hear from God anymore. And so, Into that silence, God spoke a word that was so clear. It was enfleshed in human form. That's what Pat talked about last week. Jesus. In Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, it says this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets in many times and in various ways. So, So God was still speaking into that. It says, but in the last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So what's so incredible about this is it referred to it as Jesus being God's perfect spokesperson. So, so what we could not understand because we were deaf, God spoke in Jesus, that God still wanted us, God still wanted us in a relationship with himself. And so he sent Jesus, literally, and says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so, so the word of God wasn't distant or, or something that we need to be deaf to anymore, but we could see it. How many times have you, have you talked with someone about God and they say, well, you know what? Unless I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Seeing is believing. But in Jesus, we realize that's a lie because they saw Jesus, Right? The Word Himself became flesh and dwelt among us. And yet when we saw Jesus, we still rejected Him. So God speaks. Jesus speaks a clear word, an infleshed word, one we can see. We can see how God lives and what He thinks in the person of Jesus. And yet the challenging thing is that we still reject that. 
And it's not necessarily because you don't go to church that you reject that. I think sometimes you can even be in church and maybe we're singing songs and you have the person next to you is like, you know, all into it. And, and you're like, I don't know what they're experiencing right now. I'm not a part of that, right? Like, you just don't get it, right? You, you maybe are hearing a sermon and you hear the name of Jesus spoken and someone else is like, amen. And, and in your heart, you go, I, I, I just, nothing, nothing happened. In Kitsap County, 71% of people don't go to church. It's like the sixth most unchurched place in, in the nation. And, and so that means seven out of ten people, when you say Jesus, get that seven out of ten people, when you say Jesus, they're not relating with you at all. What has become good news to you is not good news to them. Because right, we could see Jesus and still he can walk past us and we don't hear the word of God. So, so what happens what happens when God speaks? What happens when Jesus speaks? And we still don't understand. The Holy Spirit happens. That's our hope. The Holy Spirit happens. The Holy Spirit speaks into that. In John 16, which we'll be looking at a little later, um, Jesus says this, and it's crazy. He says, It's better that I leave so that the Holy Spirit can come. It's better that I leave so that the Holy Spirit can come. It's better that you don't see me anymore and have me anymore so the Holy Spirit can come. And, and I think really what he's saying is, you thought that by seeing you would believe. But the fact is, your heart's still hard. Something has to happen to your heart. Guys, we're not smart enough to know the truth. That's the truth. Because the truth, Jesus could walk right past us and we could despise him. So the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit does these three things that we're going to talk about. The Holy Spirit helps us say what we don't want to say. The Holy Spirit helps us say what we don't want to say. The Holy Spirit helps us say what we've always wanted to say. And the last thing is the Holy Spirit helps us say what we don't know how to say. So, uh, if you've got your Bibles, um, turn with me to John 16, 7 to 11. Um, if you don't, it will be up here too. So, how does the Holy Spirit help us say what we don't want to say? What do I mean by that? Well, in John 16, 7 through 11, <clears throat> this is what it says. It says, but very truly I tell you, it is, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, also could be translated counselor, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people don't believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. When the Holy Spirit here is referred to as advocate or counselor, the, the idea here is um, to come alongside. That the Holy Spirit, I mean, sending you one who will come alongside you. If you've been in high school or college and you have a guidance counselor, it's someone who will come alongside you and, and know the track you need to take so you can finish your education. 
Right? And so in the same way, Jesus said, I'm, I'm leaving so I can send the Holy Spirit to come alongside you and help you. And what, what is he helping us do? Well, he's helping us learn to say things that we don't want to say. Verse 8, it says, he will prove the world to be wrong. That's not what I want to hear. <laughs> what I want to hear is that, you know, Daniel, you've got some good ideas. I'm just going to work with that. <laughs> right? You want, you want the Holy Spirit to come alongside and be like, you know, you, I want you on my team. But the Holy Spirit doesn't come and say, you know what, you're, you're doing okay, I just got to tweak some things. The Holy Spirit comes and begins to convict us. The word literally there is to show faults. So, so the first thing the Spirit helps us do is the Holy Spirit helps us see that we have not believed in Jesus. The Word of God has been something foreign to us, and then when we start hearing it, we realize that, that we are aligned with what God's doing. That God has come and God has said, I love you. But you have hated me. And there are things still in your heart that still hates me. And is still against me. And starts revealing those things. Revealing those fault lines in us that will keep hurting us. Over and over again. Even So, so on our own, what we're going to do is like, oh, I like that. I like Jesus, what you're saying. But then what we... We don't realize that there's still things that will make us repulsed by him. I don't know if you've ever been in the place where you like so desperately want someone to speak to you. You're feeling lonely or hurt. And yet someone like comes up to you to speak to you and you just like, you, you recoil from them. And that's what happens. So, so one, one level we're going, yeah, I want to know God. The other level, we've got some deep hurt, some deep issues going on that that need to be exposed, and that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. The crazy thing is this, and the the really cool thing is, He's not just exposing our faults from a distance. Um, Sometimes we can have this view of God as if God is on high on this throne going, you guys suck! Right? No! The Holy Spirit is an advocate who goes like this. Hey, I'm going to show you this, and I'm going to keep walking. Not at a distance, but beside us, alongside us. Is your view of God a God alongside you or a God almost opposed to you? No, the Holy Spirit comes to walk with you, to expose your faults, to show you righteousness, that even though Jesus left, he's going to show us the right way to go, to... to, um, Show us judgment. That there is this very, very real thing coming called judgment. That one day we will all stand before the throne of God. But the picture that it's painting you for this, how do you want to stand before the throne of God? Do you want to stand before the throne of God alone? Or do you want to stand before the throne of God with an advocate? One who you have said, yes, expose my hidden fault lines. Yes, show me the righteous way. Fill me with an understanding that I, I will one day stand before the throne of God. And so he's helping us say things we don't want to say, namely this. 
I'm sorry. Because the Holy Spirit will walk alongside us, will speak tenderly to us. He will help us say simply, God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I've opposed you. I've opposed you in ways that I didn't even realize. The second thing he'll help us do is this. If you turn with me to Romans 8, he's going to help us say the things we've always wanted to say. And helping us say the things he's, we've always wanted to say. It's that, that we have not known how to talk about what's going on in us. We haven't known how to talk about our faults. We haven't known how to talk about our failures. We also haven't known how to talk about what we really want. And so the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and says, yeah, you got issues? Like, how many of you, like, to hear someone say, like, the Holy Spirit who's, who's like, so good to us and so patient with us and showing us, to, like, maybe this is just me, maybe I'm crazy, but, like, honestly, it's really good when the Holy Spirit goes, like, yeah, you got issues. And I'm like, I know! Like, it's good to know I have issues, because some people want to tell me I don't, but I do. And it's good for the Holy Spirit to tell me I've got issues. And then for the Holy Spirit who's telling me i got issues, to show me the righteous way, right? And then then with that, but he goes, you know what? I'm also going to show that what you've wanted all along, as you walk with me, as you've confessed your faults, it's true, and that is that you've always wanted a dad. A heavenly dad that, that won't fail you. A dad who, who uh, brought you into existence. And so this is what happens. He says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? They are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Right? Because you aren't, you aren't any longer in fear of your faults. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit who has shown you them. And says, but remember, you are a child of God. Rather, the Spirit who you received brought you about your adoption as sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So the Spirit has helped us say the things we never wanted to say. I got issues. And then He's helped us say what we've always wanted to say. I'm a child of God. I'm accepted by God. I am loved by God. And there's nothing that anyone can do to change that. And so, so what we haven't even known how to say is, I want, I want a Heavenly Father. I want to call Him Daddy. I want, to, I want that to be our relationship. The Holy Spirit coming alongside of us is, is helping us cry out what we've always wanted to cry out. I've got a great earthly father, but the reality is I was created for a, a Heavenly Father. And, and this is something, again, I don't think we know how to ask for. Like, you don't know how to express that. I get it, because I don't know how to do that either. I don't know how to, like, get that deep into my soul to express that longing, just, just to be cared for by my Heavenly Father. And yet, that is what the Spirit is doing, helping us cry out, Father, affirming that we are children of God. The last thing is this, in Romans 8, 26 and 27, the Holy Spirit is helping us 
to say what we don't know how to say. So, so for, for you and I, who, who maybe have gone through step one and step two, uh, we, we have confessed our sin because it's become painfully evident to us. We've cried out, God, you are my father. And that proclamation was like the best thing ever in our lives. And yet there's still a lot of stuff going on in our heart and our mind. Like how many of you guys have been Christians a long time and you maybe feel like you should know more and there's still a lot of stuff? Yeah, that's good. One person. Yeah, yeah you and me. Like we're together in this, right? Okay, like I just want to say that again. How many of you guys have been Christians a long time and still got stuff? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Maybe one more time. How many of you are Christians for a long time and still got stuff? Okay. That's okay. This is safe. It's okay. You still got stuff. And, and that's important. It doesn't, when you become a Christian, it doesn't mean you don't got stuff anymore. It means you got someone alongside you helping. And, and this is how the Spirit helps. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. You know what that means? You don't even know how to talk about your stuff. You got issues that you don't know you have. And, and, and they're so much so they're present in your life, you don't even know how to get them out. And so it says the Spirit will intercede for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people according to the will of God. Guys, this is, this is really, really good news. You know what this is saying? It's saying that you don't have to sound smart in your prayers. It's saying you don't have to know what you're talking about in your prayers. It's saying as a child of God, you can sit in the presence of the, of the Father and just let the Spirit search you and know you. And, and this is really profound because it shapes the way we interact with God. And, and as we move into application, I, I, I want this to be maybe your takeaway. Hold on to this. Is that we are being called to pray not just to God, but with God. Not just to God, but with God. So many of us pray like this. As if God is there in the back room and we're going... Hey, if you're out there, I've got stuff I want to tell you. It's really important to me, so I'm, I'm just gonna t- I'm gonna tell you, okay? And and that and so we just sit there thinking we're like throwing stuff at God, and and maybe he's gonna catch it, maybe he's gonna do something with it. But this totally changes that. That is not the way we pray. We're not praying to Him out there, but we're praying with God. God alongside us. The Spirit who's our advocate, who's our counselor, who will guide us in prayer. And literally it says this. This is good news. Search our hearts. So I want to challenge you guys. as you, When you pray, don't pray to God out there. Pray with God. Maybe you have a friend you've been praying with for a long time and you feel like you're just throwing prayers at God. The fact is God, God knows what's going on and you can start praying with Him. This has been huge for me this week. As I pray during the day and, and um, 
all of a sudden, I've, I really have felt like no longer am I just trying to plea my case with God or, or plea for somebody with God. But I'm, I'm just trying to sense God's heart for what I'm wanting to pray for because he's already involved. He's already interested. He's actually probably the one that, that brought that to mind in my heart in the first place. And so I get to partner with him in, in prayer. The last thing is this. Um, I want to end by challenging you with something that is difficult. And um, it's a way that oftentimes we, uh, we pretend like we're okay when we're not really okay. Uh, we, we pretend like we are experiencing something that we really aren't experiencing. And, and this is the way it sounds for us Christians oftentimes. We go, well, you know, if, if you're a Christian, you've got the Spirit of God. As if we are all in the same way experiencing God's presence, even as Christians. And, and I just want to propose to you that that's, that's not true. Um, some of us are not taking advantage of what's available to us as sons and daughters of God. And we know this because the scripture talks about it. It says, eagerly desire greater gifts. Which means that there's, there's possibly experiences or, or gifts that God has available to you that you're not experiencing and you won't unless you seek those. Unless you, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you start going in that direction. The Bible also says to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send workers because the harvest is plentiful. And, and so, I challenge you with this. What it sounds like is that, that maybe a great work could happen in Bremerton, this sixth least church place in, in, in the nation, if you prayed. If you partnered with the Spirit. There's some things that could happen, but, but we've fallen back on this, well, I've got the Spirit of God because I'm a Christian. And, and the fact is, you might be quenching the Spirit in your life. You might be silencing Him in your life. You might be going back to just playing deaf and dumb. When God says, here's my Spirit. Let Him say through you the things you've never wanted to say before. Let him help you say the thing you've always wanted to say. God, you are my father. I'm yours. And that maybe you can start saying the things you don't even know how to say. Both to God and then I think also to other people. Maybe there's some people you've wanted to talk to about Jesus that you haven't been discerning enough to actually know what to say to them. But if you start partnering with the Spirit, you start being sensitive to what He's saying, you might have just the right thing to say. So guys, I want to challenge us to let the Spirit speak and learn to be still and learn to hear because that is available to you as a son and daughter of God, to enter into soul talk. But those things that you don't even know how to access, the Spirit will groan from you. 
the Spirit can reveal to you. As there is so much available to you as a son and daughter of God. I just want to welcome you into that. Be courageous. Pray with me and we'll sing. God, maybe even right now, um, some of us don't want to admit that we haven't heard you speak in a long time. Maybe we've been going to church for, for a while now. And we hear songs, we sing songs, we hear the word preached. Maybe we've even been reading our Bibles every day and, and yet we haven't really let you speak. It's a scary thing to us. Maybe because we know there's going to be some fault, fault lines in our heart you're going to show us. Maybe some of us feel like even though we're called a child of God, that, that really you don't want us. Maybe it's a scary thing to see if you do or not. Let the Spirit say, Father, Daddy, I know that we are yours now and forevermore. And there's things in us, God, that we don't know how to say. God, sometimes we just feel clueless. And the safety of knowing that we are adopted as children of God, as your sons and daughters, I pray that we'll just give you all access to our soul. So that your spirit searches our heart, can cry out, can groan those things that we don't even know how to say. To re-enter into this conversation going on before the creation of the world that we've been invited into. We don't need to be outsiders. God, give this church the courage to be a part of that conversation. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we love you so much. Help us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.